again. Good morning, church. So good to be with you this morning. We're so glad that you're with us today. If you're a guest with us, we want to say welcome. Uh, We're so grateful to have you. And uh, my name is Pastor Rick, and I have the joy of being the pastor here. And uh, today we are continuing or wrapping up, actually, our series of 40 Days in the Word. Uh, But before we do, one of our core values here is we like to celebrate. Uh, We like to celebrate God's big story, but we love to celebrate um, the little stories, too, in our lives. And so today we have um, three people that we're celebrating, and and I don't think any of them are here in this room this morning. But if you see them, um, Brian Griffith's birthday is today. I think he is 55 and, uh, and then we have um, uh, James Allen's birthday is today, and then Luke uh, Maynard, Luke, uh, not Maynard, sorry, Luke Snyder, his birthday is today too, and Luke, where are you? Luke is in here, isn't he? So let's say happy birthday to Luke, he's back there in the back row, so uh, happy birthday Luke, and uh, so it's always good to celebrate, and we want to do that. And, uh, and so we're going to celebrate those three people. And uh, so like I said, welcome back to 40 Days in the Word. And today we are wrapping up this whole teaching series about the Bible. And so we've been spending time talking about the Bible and talking about how important the Bible is in our lives and how important it is for us to be um, lovers of the Word, learners of the Word, and doers of the Word. And so today I want to talk about how do we maintain a heart for God's Word? Like how do we keep that, uh, that, that heart for God's Word going strong uh, for all the days of our lives? And so I think uh, for us the big question right now Like the big question that we have to ask ourselves right now after all the things that we've looked at over the last few weeks is this question of how do we keep using the strategies and the habits that we've been developing over these past six weeks? Like we spent six weeks uh, pouring into the Bible and figuring out and learning different strategies and habits that we can use to put uh, uh, God's word in our hearts and how do we keep doing that? And uh, Jesus answered that question Uh, And he told the believers in John chapter 8, verse 31, uh, B through 32, he said this. He said, if you continue, everybody say continue. If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So what Jesus didn't say is he didn't say, if you do it for 40 days and stop, you're truly my disciples. Like, that's not what Jesus said. He said, if you continue, if you continue in my word, if you continue to do it day after day, if you get in a habit and a routine of being in my word, he says, then you are truly my disciples. And so how do we do that? How do we integrate God's word into every area of our lives? Uh, That's the question that we want to think about. How do we do that? And the truth is, And I want to be honest with you and real with you and genuine with you. And the truth is this, that it's not going to just happen. Like you just don't speak it and it happens. You don't just say, oh, I'm going to be a doer of the word. And it just happens. Uh, It takes intentionality. That the only way that we continue to be in the word of God is that we have to have the desire to be in the word of God on a regular basis. And if you don't have any intention or if you don't have any real desire to be a person of the word, it's just not going to happen because it doesn't just happen. There has to be a desire. It all starts with desiring to be in the word of God. And so Psalm 119 uh, says this, and David is is speaking this. So David, the guy that took down Goliath, the king, King David, uh, he said this. He said, and, and 119 verse 20 said, what I want most of all, 
He says, what I want most of all, in other words, the number one priority in my life, the one thing that I want the most in my life, he says, and all times. He goes, the one thing I want and at all times, and that means not just Sunday morning, but at all times, the one thing that I want, uh, want most of all and all times is to honor your laws. And so David's like, listen, I want to be, he's talking to God, he's saying, I want to be a doer of the word. I want to love the word. I want to learn the word. And I want to live the word in my life, whether I'm at work or whether I'm at home, whether I'm sitting on my throne or uh, uh, on the kingdom of the kingdom, or whether I am uh, out in the fields, wherever I am, I want to be a person of God. I want to follow the word. And so how does one become a person of the word? Well, let me share with you this morning uh, six steps. We've been, we've been doing a lot of practical stuff over these past few weeks. So uh, again, I want you to take notes today because you'll never remember all this. But I want to share with you six steps for doing that exact thing. And, and the steps are actually the six Bible verses that we've been memorizing in our small groups. And, and the first step that I want to share with you of how do we be, become lovers and liver, livers and learners of the word is this that you must build on it. You must build on it. In other words, I must make the Bible the foundation for my life. Like if we were to go and to build a new church, and if we were gonna build a church, we would lay a strong foundation down, right? Like we would want it to be the strongest foundation that would test uh, all the, the, the things, the weather and all the environments that we face here. We would want that foundation to be strong. And the same is true with the word of God, that we have to build on it. And this is exactly what Jesus meant when he said these words in Matthew. He said, uh, said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, everyone who hears, uh, back then it was oral tradition, so that's why he says hear. So today, maybe he was speaking, he would say, everyone who reads these words of mine, or he might say all of those of you that listen on the Bible app to these words of mine, he says, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So Jesus knew way in advance how important it was for us to build our lives on the word of God. And every day I think that we need to say, God, I'm going to build my life on this book That every day we need to say to ourselves, I am choosing to build my life on your words that I find in your book. I'm going to build my life uh, on it, and, and I don't always understand it, and I don't always like it, and I don't always get it, but I'm choosing to build my life on it because I believe that this is truth, and I believe that this is what I must build the foundation of my life on. You know, and you know this, other people are going to choose to, uh, what Jesus says in the, in the same scripture, build their lives on shifting sands, right? Like if we were to go and build that same church just on sand and not on a strong foundation, you would begin to see cracks in the walls. You would begin to see uh, parts of it maybe uh, falling down. And, and so uh, many people today, they build their lives on the shifting sands like, like popular culture. They're going to build their lives on whatever's popular right now at the time, or they're going to build their lives on tradition. Well, we've always done it this way, or we're going to build our lives on reason. or or maybe even the worst yet, emotions. And Jesus says, no, we must build our lives 
on God's word. That must be the foundation for everything that we do. And then number two, the second thing that we must do, not only are we going to build on it, but we must feed on it, right? We can't just build our lives on the foundation, but we must feed on it. You have to feed on the Bible on a regular basis to get the sustenance that you need to live this life. We need to take regular doses of God's word. Like we need to take spoonfuls and forkfuls and platefuls of God's word every day. The Bible tells us that the word of God is like spiritual food. It is our spiritual food. It says that uh, it uses several word pictures to describe the word of God. It calls it uh, water. Uh, it talks about it as being milk. It talks about it as being bread uh, and, and, and several other pictures. Uh, it even says that the Bible is like meat for the spiritual life. And so that's everything that you need. You need water. You, you need some sustenance in your life to survive. And, and, and so the Bible even reminds us that we need it. We need to eat on it. We need to feed on it. But if, to get it, you have to be feeding yourself. Like I'm just going to tell you, I've told you before, Sunday morning's not enough. Like getting a meal on Sunday morning and, and, and expecting that to sustain you for the rest of the week, it's just not enough. You need to be feeding yourself on the word of God. And, and so just like you need physical food for physical strength, you need spiritual food for spiritual strength. It's so important that we feed ourselves on the word of God because I'm going to say it one more time, Sunday morning and, and maybe even Sunday morning and Wednesday night is not enough to sustain you. Colossians chapter 3 verse 16 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you. That's a beautiful image for me, a beautiful picture. Let it dwell in you, not just dwell in you, but it says to dwell in you richly. You see, we've got to let the word of God move in us. We've got to let it move into us and infiltrate every part of our lives. We've got to let it penetrate our hearts. We've got to let it take up residence in us. And in and, and, and a rich and profound and life-giving way. And so, so you must build your life on the word of God. It's got to be the foundation. And you've got to daily, you must feed yourself on the word of God on a regular basis. Like remember, it's not enough for Sunday and Wednesday. That's not enough. You've got to do it on a regular basis. And then number three, you've got to live by the word of God. You build the foundation, you feed on it, and then you live by the word of God. The word of God is not only food for the soul, but it's also your compass that leads you through life. Like this is, this is how we, uh, we navigate ourselves through this crazy life that we live in. We gotta, we gotta count on the word of God to show us the ways. It's the, it sets the standard, right? By which you judge everything or everything else that you value in your life. Like you, you, you measure everything else to what God's word has to say. And, uh, and so it even gives you directions uh, for how, like when you're having to make decisions in your life, it leads you in making those decisions. So, so you're going to build your life on something. You're going to build your life on God's word. You're going you're gonna to base your decisions on something. Hopefully that's God's word. And I'm saying that, that something, uh, that something should always be the word of God. That when you're looking for direction, when you're looking for answers, when you're having to make those decisions, their compass to help you to make those decisions are found in the word of God. And, and so, um, so it needs to become the standard by which we live. And, and Psalm, David reminds us of this in Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. And it says, blessed, it says, blessed is the one who doesn't walk in the counsel of, un, of the ungodly, 
but who meditates on the word of God. Blessed, blessed is the one who doesn't walk in the world's ways, but the one who meditates on the word of God. In other words, if you want your life to have meaning and purpose, you don't build it on the ways of the world, but instead you build your life on the ways of God. And the only way you can build your life on the ways of God is if you know the ways of God. And the only way that you can know the ways of God is if you're studying the word of God. And so David even takes it one step further in Psalm chapter 119, and he says this in verse 11, he says, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. See, David's like, not only uh, does your word, not only do I hide your word in my heart, but also I do it so I don't sin against you. David's like, not only uh, do I put, read about your word, not only do I read about you and get to know you so that I can make good decisions in my life or so that I can, so you can lead me in my life. But listen, he's like, God, I don't want to harm our relationship. I don't want to sin against you. And so I get into the word of God so that I don't sin against you. And so to become a person of God, you, you got to first make the Bible your foundation, and you've got to build on that foundation. And then you've got to make the Bible your food, right? And you've got to eat it. You've got to eat the word of God. You've got to take it in. And then you've got to make it your standard by which you live. It's your measuring tool. It's your ruler. It's your, it's your measuring tape for how you're going to live your life. If it doesn't measure up to God's word, then it's not for you. And then number four is this. You grow through the word of God. You grow through it. You see, the fourth verse that we looked at, as we mem- uh, the verses that we memorized, uh, was Psalm 119.18. And it says, and we read this in, in week three. It says, open my eyes that I might see the wonderful things in your law. And so there's a lot of amazing and wonderful things in the Bible that equip us uh, to help us to grow in our faith, to equip us to go and share our story with others, to equip us to learn about forgiveness, to equip us to learn how to build strong relationships with people here. Uh, There's so much, but we can't see a lot of them. We don't know a lot of them unless God opens our eyes. And we talked about this in in detail in week three and said, listen, when you approach the word of God, when you get ready to read God's word, you're like, Holy Spirit, man, I want to partner with you. Would you show me what it is that God has for me today as I read your word? And, And that means being receptive and open to the word of God. And you can't be open and receptive to the word of God if you're not reading the word of God. And so if I'm going to become the person of the word, if I'm going to become a person of the word, I've got to be open to it. Like I've got to be praying, Holy Spirit, open my eyes that I might see what it is that you have for me today. And even when I don't like it, like even when I don't want to hear it, even when it's words that are hard for me to swallow, right? Like when you're telling me that I got to forgive others and I got this person that I've been harboring unforgiveness towards and resentment towards for years. And I'm like, God, I don't want to forgive them. Like they hurt me. But your word says that I'm to forgive them. And so even when it goes against culture and like when we we read God's word, we're like, but God, that's not what everyone's doing around me today. Like that's the opposite. And and Jesus was countercultural. When he did the Sermon on the Mount, he's like, turn the other cheek. And they're like, say what? Like we live in a world and a society and they did back then in a culture where you didn't turn the other cheek. 
Like it was like you shamed people for when they did wrong. You didn't forgive them. And so the Bible's often countercultural. And so we got to say, open my eyes, Lord, and help me to accept it even when it's against what everyone else, the culture is doing, or even when it's against the popular thing. And why? Why would we do that? Because we grow and we become more like Jesus when we do that. And then the fifth thing that I want you to think about is this, that you must act on it. And this is the big deal. You got to act on it. The fifth Bible verse that we memorized during uh, our, our, our small groups is James 1.22. And I've shared this with you every week. Like I have shared this with you last week. I said, I put it on the screen. It's a big deal. It's on the screen again this week. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Do what it says. If I go to church and if you're going to church and, and just the word of God is going in one ear and out the other, like if it's not making an impact in your life, if you're not leaving here transformed, uh, if you're not allowing it to soak in, then, then I would say that you're living a life of self-deception. Like you're just living a life of, of ignoring God's word. Because remember what we said, we said, I only believe the parts of the Bible that I actually do. Like I only believe the parts of the Bible that I actually practice that I actually do. And so if, if we're reading and talking about loving your neighbor and you're not loving your neighbor, then maybe you don't believe what Jesus said when he said, love your neighbor. And we've spent six weeks in small groups uh, diving into these strategies that are going to help you to get the most out of your Bible reading. And here's the truth. It all comes down to uh, we can't just be readers of the word. Like it's not enough for us just to be readers of the word. We must be doers of the word. We got to act upon what we're reading. Uh, we got to allow it to uh, become a part of who we are, not just something we read. Finally, there's one last thing that we must do with the word of God uh, if we're going to become people of the word. And here it is. You must trust it. Everybody say trust. We must trust the word of God. Like uh, we build on it, we feed on it, we live by it, we grow through it, we act on it, and then I live it out by trusting it, by trusting the word of God to be true. And why can I trust the Bible? We did a whole week on that. Like if you missed week one, I encourage you to go back and listen and watch uh, week one because it tells us, it answers the question, how can I trust the Bible? And remember this, remember that God is never going to um, guide you in the wrong direction. Uh, and, and other people are, like other people are going to guide you in the wrong direction. Other people are going to do that, but God will never do that. I mean, even meaning, well-meaning people will guide you in the wrong direction. I mean, I've had dear friends that gave me advice, and I'll be honest with you, it was the wrong advice. People that I love, people that I admired, and they gave me advice, and it was the wrong advice. And I know you've had friends. You've had friends that love you deeply, and they gave you advice, and well, it was just the wrong advice. But God will never give you the wrong advice. He will always lead us to the good stuff. He'll always lead us to the blessing. He'll always lead us to safety. He'll always lead us to assurance. He'll always lead us to the right place. Amen. You can always, always, always trust God. And if he tells you to go that way, I would encourage you to go that way. And if you're like, but God, that way is hard. Like this way is easy. Like I can get there a lot faster if I go this way. And God's like, yeah, but if you go this way, you're going to experience so many good things. But if you choose that way, 
You can go that way. You can choose that way, but you're going you're gonna to actually go the long way around, and you're going to miss a ton of good stuff. So I just encourage you as you're reading the Word of God and God's leading you in a certain direction, don't like go like, I don't want to go that way. That way's too hard because oftentimes it's actually way better than any way we could choose. Psalm 119, 105 says this. It's our memory verse for this week. It says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. You see, this is what we call the flashlight verse, right? Like God's word is a flashlight. And it's a flashlight leading us through the dark and showing us the way so that we don't stub our toes or so that we don't uh, bump into things. And it's always revealing to us the way that we should go. So in, in Kentucky, which is different from where we lived in Tampa, um, it's pitch black at night uh, around here. Like there's not street lights on every corner like there was in Tampa. Uh, we didn't see stars quite as vibrant as we do here. And uh, I'm, uh, Jen was out in the backyard, and she was stargazing because she likes to stargaze, and she's going to hate me for this. But, um, but you know, she was in the backyard, and we, have, we built a fire pit in the backyard, and she didn't see it. And she ran right into that fire pit and, like, had road rash on her knuckles, a big old hole on her shin, uh, bleeding everywhere. And, and, like, and that's what we do in life. Like when we're just wandering around in life and we're not building our lives on the foundation of God's word, we're not seeing the obstacles right in front of us and we're smacking into them. And they're doing damage. They're doing damage to our relationships. They're doing damage to our own hearts. They do damage. And so the Bible says that God's word's like that flashlight, right? Like if she had the flashlight, she would have seen the big old, it's a big fire pit, by the way, a big fire pit right in the center of our yard. She would have seen that, and she would have saved herself a lot of pain and a, a few dollars in Band-Aids. I mean, it would have saved us. So God's word is like a flashlight leading us through the dark and showing us the way to go so that we don't stub our toes or run into things and always revealing the right direction. And so I know that you've probably been in the dark there have been times in your life, not physically, we've all been in the dark at night, but there's been times where your life feels like you're walking around in the dark. And we, and we all are at times in that position. And, and some of you are there right now and you're like, and I don't know, I don't have the slightest idea. You're thinking to yourself, I don't have the slightest idea what I'm supposed to do. Maybe it's like about a relationship. Maybe you're like, I don't have the slightest idea what I'm about to, what I'm, what I need to do in this relationship, or, or I don't have the slightest idea if I should accept this job or keep my job or go on to the, something new, or I don't have the slightest idea where I should invest, or I don't have the slightest idea um, even uh, where I'm going to get my next meal, and 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 you're not sure what to do or where to go, you're in the dark, and so what do you do when you're in the dark? Well, you get a flashlight. And you flip on the light and you ask God to shed some light on whatever your circumstance is. And here's the cool thing about God's word is it always lights up the path and it always shows us the way to go. So the next time you're in the dark and the next time you're confused and you don't know which way to go, why don't you just try saying something like this? Say something like, God, you said, you told me in Psalm chapter 119, verse 105, you said that your word is a light, a light for my feet and a lamp for my path. 
And so, God, I'm asking you to keep your promise right now because I don't know where to go. I don't know where to turn. I don't know where to go. I'm in the dark. And so I'm going to start reading your word, Lord, and I'm going to pray that you would show me because I'm partnering with the Holy Spirit, and you're going to show me where my next step is. You're going to lead me in the direction that I need to go. And then you start reading God's word. And so here's what I want to challenge you with today, that as we wrap up these 40 days in the words, I want to challenge you to do this. I want to challenge you to make a commitment to spend the rest of your life loving the Word of God, learning the Word of God, and living the Word of God. You see, no one in here has learned everything there is about the Word of God. So you will never come to an end. There's not a finish line to learning the Word of God. There's always something that every single one of us can learn about God and His character and who He is and what He wants for us. But it all begins with desire and loving the word of God. And then we learn it and then we live it. We don't just be readers, but we be doers of the word of God. And so I'm challenging you. Like I'm challenging you to embrace this idea of being a lover of the word of God, a liver, a a lover of the word of God, a learner of the word of God, and a liver of the word of God. And uh, and so remember, it's not just going to happen. It's not just going to happen by osmosis. It's not just going to happen if you like go to bed tonight and you say, well, I'm going to sleep with my Bible under my pillow. And so that's going to help me. And God's going to say, that's not going to work. We got to want it. We got to desire it. We got to want to be in the word of God. And once we have that desire, then we build our lives on it and we feed on it and we live by it and we grow through it and we act on it and we trust it to be true. Because here's what I know. I don't know a whole lot, but the one thing that I do know is that this book is a life changer. I know that. It is God's gift. It's God's gift to me, and it's God's gift to you. And it has everything in it that we need to live the Christian life, and it has everything in it that we need for salvation. And don't take my word for it. Like, listen to how the Bible has changed some of your lives. So here's what Lindsay Snyder said. She said, seeing my friends in high school do their devotions when there was no adult around forcing them to do it showed me that they love God in a different way than I did. I rededicated my life to Jesus that day. My friends loved God's word and I wanted to love God's word. Jeff Setzer said about the Bible and how it's changed his life. It said, it saved my spirit, my soul, and my body. It has given me comfort in times of trouble. It has brought me out of an addictive lifestyle. It has brought healing to my Bible. Sarika Bowling said this about the word of God and how it changed her life. It says, it has changed everything in my life. From my personal reflections to how I parent to how I carry myself from day to day. I no longer have struggles, she says. I have teaching moments. Jenny Stone said this, she said, for starters, it's a living, breathing compass. It's my roadmap. When I don't read or follow the directions, I get off track. Angie Joseph said this, she said, it made me a promise and it kept it. Every word. Do you see how powerful this book is? I mean, do you understand how powerful God's word is. And I want you to think about this. Imagine, imagine what would happen. Just just dream with me for a minute. Imagine what would happen 
if we became lovers and learners and doers of the word of God. Imagine if the person next to you and you and the people behind you and the people in front of you, if we all became lovers and learners and doers of the word of God, I can tell you what would happen. I can promise you what will happen. Your life, your life will be radically different. The person next to you, their life will be radically different as well. And the people out there that have never come in here, their lives will also be radically different. Because here's what I know to be true, that this book is God's very word for us. And this book is a life changer. It transforms lives. So listen, if you're here today, let me just ask you this. If you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never given your life to Jesus, surrendered your life to Jesus, that's where it begins. Like that's the start line is giving your life to Jesus, inviting him into your life, opening your heart to the ways of God and to the ways of the Bible. And you see God, and I want you to hear this, God has loved you. He's loved every one of us since before time began. It doesn't matter who you are in this room. He's loved you since time began and he knew, he knew that we would screw up. He knew that we would mess up. He, he knew that we would uh, go off on our own way and yet he still chooses to love us. Hear me when I say this, he loves you just as you are. And because of that, because God crazy loves you, he came down here. He came down here in the form of a man, in the form of a man named Jesus. And he lived this life. Jesus lived the same life we live with all the same temptations and all the same pressures, but he was perfect in all his ways. Never made a sin. He never did anything to harm uh, God's, uh, God's heart. And then... He did one thing that we've never done. He died on a cross so that we might have life. You see, Jesus knew our sin and he knew the price of our sin. And he knew that it would cost us everything. And so Jesus took on that sin and he paid the price so that you and I, we wouldn't have to. And so when we say yes to him, we have hope. We have a hope and we have a purpose. Now hear me, life is still going to be hard and life is still going to get sideways on us and things are going to happen in our lives that we don't want to. But with Jesus and a relationship with Jesus, we don't have to go it alone. And in those challenging times, we still have hope because we know that God is with us. And in those difficult moments, we still have the assurance that God will never leave us. So as we pray this morning, I want you to know this. I want you to know that you're loved by God. And I want you to know that this book right here opens up the treasures of heaven for us. It shows us the way forward. It reminds us of God's extravagant love for us. It gives us a purpose. It reveals his forgiveness. 
It helps us to make hard decisions. It puts up guardrails in our lives. It protects us. And it gives us a hope that sustains us day in and day out. It's a book that changes lives. It has transformed my life and it's transformed some of your lives too. So we're gonna pray today. But before we do, I just want to give you a chance. If you've never said yes to Jesus, that today would be that day. That if Jesus is calling you out this morning and you wanna take him up on his offer, that today would be the day that you would receive his invitation, that he would become the reason you live. And so I would invite you to pray with me right now. Let's just all bow our heads right now. Would you just pray with me? If you're here today and you want a relationship with Jesus, I just invite you to pray these words with me. Jesus, I don't understand it all, but I open my life to you. I wanna begin a journey with you. I wanna get to know you and I want to know your purpose for my life. I want that hope that comes even in the darkest moments. Jesus, would you forgive me of my sin? And would you pour your hope into me today? In your name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I would just invite you to not leave this place without telling somebody. You can tell me, you can tell someone sitting around you, you can tell someone you trust. But don't leave here today without telling someone that I have found the hope in Jesus. I said yes to Jesus. And so as we wrap up our 40 days in the word, I just invite you and challenge you again to love the word of God, to learn it, and to live it in every part of your lives. Let's pray again. Father God, we thank you for this series, this teaching series on your word. God, but more than that, we thank you for your word and how precious it is. God, your word truly is a treasure. As in the pages, we find out who you are. We find out why you love us. We find out the, uh, the lengths that you will go to show that love for us. We see that you're a patient God. We see that you're a strong God. We see you're a God that, that cares for the individual, but also all of humanity that you're a God that creates and you're a God that forgives. And Lord, that's just a tip of the iceberg of what your word says about you. So Father, I pray that we, as your church, that we would honor you by loving your word, by learning it, and by living it. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. In your name we pray, amen. Well, hey, as we wrap up our time together today, we're gonna sing and uh, invite you, we'll invite you to stand up and sing with us. But we also, uh, we, we have a time. This is our time for you to come and just to spend time with the Lord. If you wanna come up here and spend time uh, in what we call our altar area, our house is your house, so you're always welcome. Uh, you can come up here and just thank God for being so good. 
You can just come up here and pray and say, hey, God, you're so good. I just want to pray and tell you how amazing you are. You can come up here and say, God, there's some things going on in my life that I need you to shine your flashlight on. Like I am lost. I'm in the dark and I need you to help me. And you can come up here and say, God, I've never had a relationship with you, but today I want one. So whatever it is, uh, we want you to know this space is for you. You're welcome to come. But let's stand together and uh, let's sing our closing song together.